You're listening to Queer Travel Chat by Too Bad Tourists. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Queer Travel Chat. My name is Austin. I am half of the travel blogger duo Too Bad Tourists, and I am coming to you today uh, live from Orlando. So I'm actually sitting in the lobby of a hotel, so I apologize if I have any background music from other guests. I have a bunch of friends in our hotel room, so I can't record there. Uh, and of course, I have David here with me, but he is on the other side of the world in Madrid because he just landed this morning. Yes, hello, I'm here, but I am in in my house in Madrid, um, and I just landed, um, gosh, maybe three, four hours ago, so I took a nap. I'm a little bit jet-lagged, but um, I'm going to power through. I've got, I've got my coffee here with me, so I think I can do it. Yeah, you had a pretty bad travel experience, which we'll, which we'll tell you about here in a second. Yeah, well, so today's episode, um, we're actually going to do a destination-focused episode on Mas Palomas, which is in the Canary Islands in Spain. So if you have it on your bucket list, we'll give you all the, the rundown of all our best tips and recommendations for your trip. And if it's not on your bucket list, we'll tell you all about the super gay-friendly city in Gran Canaria and why it should be on your bucket list. Um, but before we get into that, yeah, we just had this amazing weekend um, in Orlando, Florida at the One Magical Weekend event. It was my first time. Austin, that was your second time, right? Second time. I was there in 2018, and, and I actually went alone just with, with another friend, but this is the first time I, I brought you with me. Yeah, and I had a wonderful time, which is why I'm exhausted now from all the travel and all the partying, but it was it was a great time. Um, so let's kind of, we can just discuss some of the highlights of, of the weekend um, for me, and I think for most people, because people really talk about it and talk it up, was that Riptide pool party Friday night. Oh my God, amazing. Nothing like it in the world. The, the closest thing is Circuit Festival in Barcelona, who also does a water park party. But I, it, it's just, it's so much more and, and over the top. Uh, have have you been to the one in Barcelona? I've never been to the water park one itself, but, um, but just from the stories I've heard and the, the photos I've seen, the, the Riptide one is just, it's just a little bit more extravagant over the top. And it's just, it's just a cooler setting. Yeah. So Riptide, is that the name of just this party or is that the name of the park at, in Orlando? Uh, the name of the park is Typhoon Lagoon and the name of the party is Riptide. And so uh, basically. So Riptide at Typhoon Lagoon was big. Exactly. And so it okay. starts at 8 p.m. on Friday and goes until I think one or two in the morning. Um, and it's cool because they like right in front of the wave pool, they have like a beach area and that's where they set up the DJ stand. And I mean, there's like 5,000 people that go, but then you can also like go on all the rides and they have like, VIP areas where you get free alcohol and it's just it's yeah and really, like really taking cool. over the lazy river I mean just taking over the whole park was fun and then just you know you're going over the lazy river you have a few drinks and then you're like chilling there with everyone all the bears it seemed like all the bears went to the lazy river <laughs> like that was their <laughs> zone yeah. for some reason their habitat yeah. it was hilarious it was really um, funny that was a highlight. We we went with our boyfriends, and I know that they were both freaking out about it. I think they were, it was your boyfriend's first time in the U.S. And uh, to take him to some uh, to an event like that, I think was just uh, yeah. He was just for them. He, he was he was blown away. Um, so that was really exciting. And and then of course the rest of the weekend. I mean, basically it was set up three days where during the day they had pool parties at the host hotel because the, the the festival was based at one hotel, the Sheraton in Orlando. And and then in the nighttime there were there were parties at different venues. So um, just just really really fun. And we yeah were, and. It, yeah, even those other venues were cool. I mean, I had it was um, House of Blues 
the Saturday night party, the varsity party, um, was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. Then the daily pool parties at Sheridan were fantastic. Um, everybody was so nice, so friendly. Um, and I really appreciated that. It wasn't like that vibe of maybe, um, the, um, uh, what do you call the, like, muscolocas, the kind of gym rat type. Yeah, 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 yeah. There, there was, there was, there really was a mix of, of people. You didn't feel out of place regardless of your exactly, body. Exactly. Everyone, yeah, like, exactly. All different types of people, bodies, um, the ages, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. I mean, very diverse. Everyone, it felt very, like, inclusive and um, just welcoming. And I really right. appreciated that. And they had some really cool performances as well. They had Trinity the Tuck, uh, who performed at the pool party, and some other drag queens. And, and yeah, just some I really cool. was done. Yeah, yeah, it was great. And um, they've actually already announced the, the dates for 2023. It's always the first weekend in June, so uh, it's basically going to be June. It's like June 1st through the 5th, something like that. So mark your calendars if you're interested. We definitely have it on our calendars. We are uh, going to do everything we can in our power to go back uh, next year. Yeah, and some of our friends, like in our group WhatsApp for, for this trip, or some American friends that we met up with there have already bought their uh, tickets for next year. I saw this morning as I was arriving. They, like, grabbed it already. I yeah, think it was and a for sure, break discount. And for sure, my boyfriend has it on his calendar because I literally got him a go-go dancing job for <laughs> next year. So as we know, the organizers, I, I basically told Juan to, like, stand over in a corner and just start dancing. I was like, just wait. I'm going to go talk to someone. <laughs> I went and talked to Billy, <laughs> you, who the organizer. Yeah, yeah. And I just told Billy, I'm like, watch my boyfriend dance for a minute. And I said, I think you should really give him a job. And after he saw him, he was like, 100%. He's in. <laughs> I mean, absolutely. He's a great dancer. And he was basically yeah. being a go-go dancer all weekend anyway. Because he loves to do it, he just found yeah, this little yeah. corner, and, and he, you know, he just wasn't getting paid for it. <laughs> exactly, and people were living for him. They yeah, from yeah, the yeah. balconies. They were oh like, you know, cheering him on. Yeah. He was having the best time. So, um, well, good for him. He got him a job. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was that was all great, but it ended a little bit shitty for you. Yeah. Well, honestly, so I had to leave um, Monday afterwards. Today's Wednesday, right when we we're recording. Yeah. You're continuing on with your boyfriend. You guys are going to Miami, right? Correct. So um, I had to come back for work and um, everything was going really well. I was like at the lounge. I was there like three hours early so I could enjoy my drinks, enjoy the food. I was checking my flight connection. I only had 45 minutes between my flights, but I wasn't worried because I was landing in the same terminal, terminal at JFK, two gates over, and the weather was looking good in Florida. I had no reason to, to be worried, really. I was like, even if it's a 30-minute delay, I'll be fine. Um, so I was feeling good. I messaged you that. And then there was a 30-minute delay. And then another 30-minute delay, and then we boarded, and we sat there for two and a half hours, and then we had to deplane because they can oh, only keep us on worse. for up to three hours. And then it was just more delay after delay, and a total six-hour delay. And um, and by the time I got to JFK at you know midnight, I had missed my Madrid connection, of course. I had to wait in another line forever to get um, my connecting flight to Madrid, which they told me I was already rebooked on, but I didn't know. Um, and so then I had to go to, you know, like hotel hunting in New York City at 1 a.m. Mm. And I had to stop at four hotels before I finally found one that wasn't $400 a night and it wasn't full. Yeah. So um, I, you know, booked that hotel. It was a nice hotel. Thank you, Marriott. Um, but it was it was a disaster. And then by the time I landed for my flight again, the next day, I had to wait a full 24 hours. It was another delay of an hour just sitting there on the, the plane. I was like, please, not again. Get me out of this country. Oh, my God. 
And then I got to, I finally landed in Madrid this morning. And then like my, we have like an app to show our, our vaccinations here. And I have my, my third dose and they were like asking for it, but the app wasn't working. And so um, I was like holding up the line and then they had to pull me aside and give me an on the spot COVID test, which was fine. I was like, this whatever gets me out of this airport. <laughs> Which was negative, it was fine, and I made it home. But, man, it was just one thing after another getting home. I really hope your flight goes more smoothly. I hope so as well. Well, uh, so you heard all about Orlando, so let's change gears to, to talk a little bit more about Spain and, and uh, Gran Canaria, Mas Palomas. Uh, but first, before I do, I just want to uh, mention for 2023, just like this year, we are hosting a trip to Barcelona and Sitges. Uh I think the dates are May 11th through 17th, uh, 2023, so we don't have bookings open quite yet, but we'll probably open those in the next week or two, so just stay tuned if you're interested in joining for that. And I have some background noise, so I apologize for that. Lots of people walking by. Uh, so if you like the show, uh, our show here on Colin, please be sure to subscribe to it and give the episode a like with heart icon once it's published. And remember, you can always follow us on social media. We're always too bad tourists on all the channels. So lastly, feel free to leave a comment about what you want to hear more of on the episode. Okay, so let's dive into um, Mas Palomas, the city. We can start off with some history, some facts. Um, so, um, what's really interesting is, uh, you know, I've kind of did my Googling and Wikipedia. This is my, right. <laughs> the extent of my, my, well, did, um, first, do you want to tell them where it is? Oh, I said at the top of the episode, but I worked, yeah, it's, um, it's, um, a group of islands just off the west of Africa. Right, near, Mor- near Morocco, I think, right? I couldn't tell you. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's off the coast of, of, uh, Africa, like on the Morocco side, and it's about, like, like from from Spain, it's about like a three hour flight, three four hour flight. So it's 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 pretty far in the middle of nowhere. Um, but it's and Mas Palomas is on the island of Gran Canaria. Is Gran Canaria yes. the largest of the group of islands? I assume it is. But it's it's either the largest or one of the largest. So we're going to focus on on Mas Palomas because um, that's kind of the the big gay friendly destination that um, all the homos love to go to every year, all year really. Yeah. Um, so some history, some facts to start you off. So Christopher Columbus actually stopped for water to the lagoon on the island uh, on his last voyage uh, to the Americas in 1502. And so that's why there's a road running down to the beach and this uh, Meloneras resort area. And that road is called Avenida de Cristobal Colón or um, Avenue Christopher Columbus Avenue. And so it remains the largest tourist destination in the Canary Islands. And it's a worldwide uh, destination for LGBT tourism, which is why we love it and why we're discussing it. The origin of the name has nothing to do with pigeons. And so in Spanish, Coloma means pigeon. And so I always thought it was like, more pigeons. <laughs> more pigeons, which sounds terrible. <laughs> or, or dove. I think you could translate Coloma <laughs> to dove. Like, more doves, which sounds <laughs> nicer. But it has nothing to do with that. And uh, there's um, uh, a couple reasons. They say it might come from an early early settler in the area. Um, it was a Mallorcan soldier named Rodrigo Mas de Palomar was his name, or it could have been from a different uh, settler called Francisco Palomar. We're not really quite sure, but it sounds like it comes from someone's surname. Got anyway, it. before the 1960s, uh, Mas Palomas was just a little settlement, and there was um, no road or anything even connecting you know, the south to the north. And the way it uh, got developed was that um, there was an international ideas contest on how to develop tourism in the area, and that was won by a French architecture studio. So um, I think that's, um, I don't know. I didn't realize it was, you know, all built as, as a resort area in the 60s. Right, on and pur- kind of, just on the purpose. <laughs> yeah, it kind of 
still has that. Like, it almost seems like it hasn't been updated since, since it was, it was developed, built, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I think that's something to know. Like, I think it helps. It's helpful to know that history. So when you get there, you're like, oh, this isn't super modern. Yeah, just to set expectations. I mean, I love Mas Palomas and Grand Canary. It's such an awesome time, and it's gay, and it's everything. But one thing it's not is, like, the most beautiful architecturally or, you know, it's not like a, a lush green island necessarily. There's parts. Um, so I always like to set people's expectations just so you know what you're getting into, but but you'll still definitely have a great time going there. For sure. And one last uh, interesting fact about it is that it's the only... Um, place where coffee is produced in Spain and in including all of Europe, and that is the uh, I, I'm going to butcher this uh, Aga, Agate Agiate Valley. Austin, do you know how to say this uh, valley name? Agaiate, 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 Agaiate Valley. Um, and so um, it has the kind of good characteristics for coffee production and um, and even. Um, wine production, right? We went and did a little tour there and saw their kind of winery and, and coffee production. Right. And I think they actually also grow bananas. And I think it's like the only place in Europe that they grow bananas. Let's see. It's uh, so, so interesting. It's, like this tiny little island. Well, it's because yeah. of its location. Um, yeah. It's, you know, it's weather, which makes it so unique, um, you know, outside of mainland Europe. Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, basically, so, so I was, as I was saying, uh, it's located off the coast of Africa, but because of sort of the temperate nature and being, uh, you know, surrounded by ocean, it's one of those destinations that's warm all year round. So, um, you know, if you're American or have been to Hawaii or some of the other tropical islands, it's a bit like that. So what's great for particularly Europeans, people go in the winter and it's warm and you can go to the beach. Um, so that's really, really nice. But, but, but like I said, like it's not a, a super lush or green uh, necessarily place. Like when you go there, uh, much of the island is quite dry and they have sand mm-hmm. dunes and things like that. There's a few valleys that get a little bit more rain that, that do have some vegetation. But for the most part, it, it's kind of a dry place. Um, so its outward appearance is, is a little bit like that. And um, the beaches are fine. They're not necessarily like crystal clear blue water. But again, you know, just sort of setting the expectations for, for going. But what really is great about Grand Canaria overall is it's super gay friendly um, and everyone's just welcoming and there's tons of events and um, it just has like a great, great spirit. So um, uh, and, and so Grand Canary itself is is one of the islands of like, I want to say there's seven inhabited islands, maybe something. I could be wrong, but that's pretty much that's we could Google it, but I'm not going to. Yeah. And then Mas Palomas is the city, I think, on the south side of the island of Grand Canary. And it's certainly the the gay capital. Um, And so just to kind of give you some background, it gets 2,738 hours of sunshine per year. So it's a very sunny uh, place, Um, an average of 7.5 hours of sun every day. Uh, and of course, it's known as a gay destination. They have a summer pride event uh, in May, so it's kind of like one of the first pride events of the <laughs> season each year that, that starts in May. So it actually just happened, I think, last month, which uh, attracts about a hundred thousand people from from the islands there, and then also like mainland Spain Outside, yeah. and, and Europe. Yeah, exactly. And in fact, they also do a, a winter pride, uh, which happens, I think, in November. Um, and one of the other thing that is really famous for Mas Palomas and Grand Canary in general are uh, drag queens and drag shows. So it's really known for drag. And there is a place in the center of Mas Palomas that's called the Yumbo Center. And it is Which is spelled Y-U-M-B-O, if you're going to look yeah, it up. Yeah, Yumbo. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's basically... Uh, 
almost like a, a strip mall <laughs> that has like multiple levels that all has like a center courtyard. It's massive, but it was literally built in like the 60s or 70s and is ugly as hell. <laughs> but it's literally where all the gay nightlife and, you know, bathhouses and saunas and clubs and restaurants and drag shows, everything is located there. So it's kind of cool because you just go to the Yumbo Center and you don't have to go anywhere else. Exactly, and I think on their official website, the Yumbo Center says it's like the only all-gay, you know, shopping center, commercial center or something, and so it's like, yeah, okay, yeah, I mean, it is, it's just a funny, like, we're credited as this, uh, but it is, it's totally about it, so it's basically this all-gay area. Yeah, and and I don't actually know the history of like why it's kind of a, a gay destination. Like a lot of times, a lot of times in your big cities like Barcelona, they have CHS or like Palm Springs, they have LA. It's kind of like where you know the, the artists and the movie stars sort of went to escape and be gay, like in the you know the 1900s or whatever. Um, I'm not sure how Mas Palomas became so gay, but it but it did. Um, so it's it's been like that for years since the 60s and 70s, I think, since it was. Um, it was constructed, uh, so it's it's been like that ever since. Yeah, and so our first trip there was in 2016, um, and we stayed at uh, Paso Chico, which is um, like a, pr- a private bungalow area, which we recommend. We had a great time staying there, and that was the first time we actually met um, the Nomadic Boys, uh, the other you know gay another gay travel <laughs> duo, because there's a few of us. Um, yeah, we were all we staying, there staying in the same. We were all staying in the same. Paso Chico bungalow for for an event there. Yeah, and so on our first trip there, we you know we, we had a wonderful time. We were we went hiking up um, the areas called Roco Roque Nublo. We visited the infamous sand dunes, of course. Um, we went on uh, a gay boat cruise where we stopped for paella on a secluded beach, which uh, we'll recommend uh, at the end of the episode as well. Um, so that was our, our first trip, uh, very rem- very memorable. Uh, but you also, and I think that was my only trip. You went That's again. Your last year in march 2021 yeah so i went with a friend uh clovis who lives in madrid and um we went sort of just right after tourism started opening up uh you know after the um after the kind of the major part of the pandemic but people were starting starting to finally get vaccinated so so we could you know start start traveling again um but it was still a little bit awkward because in spain we had uh, a curfew for a few months um you know where you could stay out very late so in madrid at the time the curfew had ended but in the canary islands there was still a curfew so the bars closed at 10 and we literally had to be back to the hotel at 11 uh at night so we certainly didn't have a, a crazy party weekend it was a little bit more uh subdued but it was but fun. It, i mean it was nice i'm sure just to get out of madrid and be traveling again exactly last exactly year. Yeah, and we stayed at the Axel Hotel in Las Palomas, Axel Beach. Um, and if you know the, the Axel Hotel chain, they're basically the, the gay hotel chain. that They have probably about 10 properties now. Um, in what did you think of, of that Spain. They location? have it in Berlin. They have it in Miami. So I would say the Axel Beach in Las Palomas fits very well within Las Palomas. And by that, I mean... Dated. It's, it's dated. It's, it's dated, <laughs> yeah. What, so, I, I mean, I had a great time. Um, I always like staying in an AXA hotel, but of all their properties, it's kind of the only one that is not necessarily uh, modern and updated and like chic and boutique. It's just kind of basic. Um, it's not bad. It's just kind of kind of basic. Um, so, I mean, I would certainly go back again. Um, but what's actually nice is that the price is great, right? So 
where you might pay, I don't know, 200 euros a night at one of the axles in Barcelona and Madrid. I mean, I, I think the rates there are, are much less. Um, mm. And that's actually true of, you know, the Canary Islands in general. The prices are really, really low. Um, even compared to like mainland Spain, you get like great deals. You'll, you'll pay like, you know, five dollars, five euros for a, a cocktail or, you know, two euros for a glass of wine. It's, it's uh, really affordable. Yeah, that's um, much cheaper, and I, another good reason to go. Um, I, I mean, every time there's the the summer pride or the winter pride, I know that most of Madrid basically empties out, and my Instagram is just full of everyone's stories at this event. I'm just like, oh, that's you know my neighbor. Literally, literally, you know something's going on on Mas Palomas because our Instagram feed is full of all the Madrileños in Mas Palomas. It's really fun. yeah, they're going to like get away from Madrid, but then it's basically mm-hmm. all of Madrid there. <laughs> Uh, okay, so let's dive into some of our, our tips and recommendations. We'll tell you about where to stay, where to eat, what to do, um, places to go out and things. But let's start off with um, when to go. So as we mentioned, it's just off the coast of, of northern Africa, northwestern Africa. And um, it has great uh, weather year-round. So you can go basically year-round because it's warm, temperate weather in Las Palomas. Um, so it's great if you want to go in the winter or spring to escape the cold weather wherever you're at, um, especially a lot of uh, Europeans like to do this. And so really, I mean, any time of year, I mean, even in the summer, it's not going to get too hot. So it's it's a great place to, to go whenever you've got the time. If you want. Yeah, exactly. And so so just a few highlights of where you might want to stay. So I mentioned the, the Axel Beach, Mas Palomas. Of course, it's the most famous gay hotel there, but there are tons of gay hotels in, in Mas Palomas. Um, the Axel has about 90 rooms, but they're actually apartments, so they have like little kitchens and things like that, um, and a nice pool, and they have a gym and bar and everything. Uh, and they actually host a lot of like events and pool parties and stuff, so that's definitely um, worth checking out. I would definitely go back and, and stay there. Um, another one, which is probably uh, similar in size, is called the Seven Hotel and, and Wellness. I've not actually stayed there, but it's also, uh, uh, I would say, at the same level as the Axel. Uh, so, again, they have, like, an outdoor pool with an amazing view um, and a restaurant and things like that. So it's um, about a 20-minute walk from the dunes and 10-minute walk to uh, the Yumbo Center. And I don't think we actually talked about the dunes, but and I don't know if we were planning later, but the dunes in Mas Palomas are super famous and I yeah, know we are gonna like so we are going to talk about that. Okay, yeah. okay. So I'll I'll hold that for the dune section, um, and then I guess the other hotel I would mention is what we said, uh, Paso Chico, which is basically like a super small bungalow. It only has six rooms, and they're like little kind of they're bungalows. So they're like they have a ho- they have a, a bedroom, and then they have a separate sort of living room and kitchen, and then an outdoor terrace and a pool and like right along that street where it's right in front of the Yumbo Center there's I mean I don't know how many but there's probably five or ten sets of bungalows that are all just kind of privately owned Um, and they're all just they're just super cool Um, and they're perfectly I think that's a nice way to do island life you know staying at a little bungalow like that and doing the island is is a fun place to stay I really enjoyed staying there as well so um, places to eat, we've got um, a couple suggestions. So there's La Palmera Sur, which is uh, fine dining with a creative Spanish-Asian uh, fusion menu. Um, the ambiance is kind of more modern, and uh, they've got friendly service. Um, so it's definitely a, a good suggestion. If you want some meat, then Abrasa. They have uh, high-quality meat cuts from Spain, Uruguay, and Argentina. Um, and they have a charcoal grill that gives wonderful flavor to the meat served with homemade French fries. So yummy. And a typical dish that you can try, not at any particular restaurant, but wherever you see it, 
is called papas arrugadas or papas arrugadas, uh, which is um, wrinkled potatoes. And this is a traditional uh, dish specifically from the Canary Islands. So they're boiled potatoes and they're served with um, a salsa, salsa mojo. Is that what it's called, Austin? Or mojo rojo? Or mojo sauce. And there's like different colors and, and flavors, actually. Yeah, because there could be mojo verde, mojo rojo. rojo um, I think yeah. two common ones. Mm-hmm. So this, and this is like a, a chili pepper kind of garlic sauce. And um, the potatoes are, are boiled and salted. So it's really simple, but I really love it. And oh, my God, they're we, so good. Yeah, whenever. I mean, it's it's from the Canary Islands, so you're not going to find it all over Spain. So when you're there, you you got to get it. Um, but then, you know, I really enjoy them. And so the only place I've really seen them in Madrid is when we go to, to different markets, there's, um, like food trucks at the markets and there's one food truck that always shows up and it's this Papas Arrugadas, Canarian boiled potato food truck. And so I'm always going there because it's not something you can typically find outside of Spain. And it's, uh, boiled potatoes are boiled potatoes, but you're going for that mojo sauce, which is uh, delicious. So good. And yeah, it's just, it's the traditional, one of the traditional dishes of the Canary Islands. So you have to try it when you're, when you're there. Cause it's a little, Oh, um, we're have a caller. So let's take a, a, a caller and we can continue about where to go out. Okay. All right. Let's do it. All right. So I don't know how to pronounce your name. Ali, Ali. Oh, you're listening. Oh, to maybe I don't know if he meant to call or not. Uh, uh, yeah. Ali, <laughs> but if, but if you want to ask a question, there he goes back. <laughs> he disappeared. <laughs> Every time he was, call, he was probably, <laughs> he was probably trying to leave, but he pushed the call button by mistake. <laughs> well, you're welcome to call in if you've got any questions about the Canary Islands. Oh, uh, sure. specifically. Oh, sorry. Not you, Siri. Okay, so let's continue on places to go out. So Moscow has a huge uh, gay nightlife um, area. And as we mentioned, the Yumbo Center is really the, the center of that. So I'll give you, I mean, really, when you just show up to the Yumbo Center, you can just walk around and see what places look interesting to you. I mean, you, you know, it's all going to be right there in front of you. So you don't have to worry about planning that out so much. But there are some places that stand out. For example, Parrot's um, Grand Canaria. If you've ever visited Sitges, then um, you'll know this bar because it's right in that kind of main, um, we call it Judgment Square. I forget the real name of the Sitges. Plaza uh, Independencia. Yeah, so it's right there on the corner, another popular place in Sitges. So they've got um, one in in Mas Palomas. So um, you can choose from there um, 50 different cocktails from their menu. So a good spot. There's also a Don- Adonis bar, which has indoor and outdoor bar seating. Um, and it's more relaxed uh, place on a terrace. Um, and then there's Bar Diamonds, which is a big outdoor terrace as well on the ground floor of the Yumbo Center. If you're looking to party, there's also three gay clubs located right next to each other on the fourth floor of right. the Yumbo Center. So people often crowd out onto that walkway in front of those three venues when they're going out. So those three are... Um, Mykonos to start, which is kind of more disco pop music. They have video projection screens and dance floor, and then also a cruising area with cabins. And that closes around 3.30 in the morning. Another popular place is called Tubos, which plays pop music and top 40 hits. Closes also at 3.30. And then Mantrix is a popular dance club with a cruising area and dark room as well. And that is kind of the, the main gay club in the Yubo Center. And that will stay open later until six but it also opens later not until about 2 a.m right Um, so what what people usually do is um so you can you can go like kind of early in the night and by early i mean like 10 right like 8 9 10 and like i think on like some of the bottom floors you can find drag shows right so you have like kind of a more relaxed setting you can watch a performance 
But then when you get in the mood to party, you, you basically go to Mykonos or Tubos, which are right next to each other, which are kind of like earlier bars, dance clubs a little mm-hmm. bit. Mm-hmm. And then you end with Mantrix. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a good plan out. I mean, and really, if you just go there, you're just going to follow the people where they're headed to and, and, uh, and join in on the fun that way. It's going to be, I mean, it's all right there. For sure. And then um, there's quite a few uh, cruising bars in the Jumbo Center uh, as well. So um, just, to, just to name a few, uh, Bunker Bar, I wouldn't Bowl, know anything about that. The Box, <laughs> then they have a sauna, uh, uh, at sauna, it's like Hero Sauna, um, or, or we call it a bathhouse in, in the U.S., of course. So yeah, lots of cruising areas, private cabins, dry sauna, steam room, all the, all the stuff. Um, they have one that's just called Cruise Bar, um, so it's very obvious what it is. And what they have... do they do at a cruise bar, though? <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll, I'll leave that to the imagination. <laughs> Maybe a bit uh, of cruising. Yeah, and then the last one just to mention is uh, Tom's Cruising Bar. So um, Very creative names. I love yes, them. <laughs> yes. So talking a little bit about uh, a little bit more the drag shows. So drag shows in, in Grand Canary are sort of like the residency shows of Las Vegas. <laughs> but, of course, they have like a super tiny budget and they don't really have any celebrities. But basically... I mean, when you describe it that way, I'm, I'm thinking this beautiful. <laughs> I'm going to walk in this ornate uh, venue and, uh, you know, there's going to be this huge stage and this queen's going to come down from the ceiling. Yeah, no, no, not exactly. But um, what they <laughs> you mean is, like it's the same queen who works at the same bar? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, but what's really cool is depending on which bar you go to, they have e- either local like Spanish drag queens, or there's actually a lot of people who come from like the UK, right? So there's a lot of British drag queens because you know like other Europe, Europeans from other countries like the UK, Germany, France are really big tourists in the, the islands. So there's just sort of a uh, a really big mix of people. So they kind of have uh, both, just depending Yeah, on that's kind of like Seaches as well, right? I mean, there's uh, places, I think Parrots is one, right, where you can find British drag. Exactly. And, and so if you've never seen British drag, British drag is just a little bit more like raunchy and it's not like, it's not focused as much on beauty. Like you'll, uh, it's just a little bit more like raunchy humor. Not, not as polished. Yeah, it's not as polished. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but just to name a few places to check out, Terry's show is more of a local place um, where you have uh, Spanish performers, um, and it's a little bit maybe quote unquote authentic, right? Because you, it's it's people from you know from the islands, um, and that's that's really fun. We've been there. Yeah, and I think that's to keep in mind if you're going to go to Terry's show, you're going to see Spanish drag queens. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, definitely worth checking out. But you know, don't necessarily expect mm-hmm. to get the English banter and stuff they, they might throw in some english but it should be mostly spanish performances right and so if you do want um you know drag queens who are performing in english and kind of bantering in english you can check out sparkles or ricky's cabaret for example which have a uh british drag which is you know focused more on the the humor and less on the beauty and the performance um some things to do when we were there we went on um a gay boat tour and so i thought that was a, a really fun way to enjoy grand Canary. Grand Canaria because you get right. this private gay kind of yacht tour and then they took us to a secluded beach on the south side of the island and the, the captain was very friendly, very charming. And it, it's a sailing boat, so, so you're actually sailing, which is uh, a cool experience. Yeah, yeah, and, and they it's like an all-day uh, day trip on, on the boat and so we'd stop there and they made us, you know, tapas, paella, we had some drinks, we had the chance to snorkel and swim and um, it, was, it was a fun trip. So, um, let me see. So if you want to, I recommend um, this particular captain. So if you check out um, our Mas Palomas gay guide on, on twobedtourists.com, you'll find this there and you can find the link to his trip advisor so that you can, uh, you can 
um, you know, find him and book it there. But his name is Juan Vicente Cardet Borillo. So his surname is C-A-R-D-E-T. And then next word, B-O-R-I-L-L-O. So you can also right. find him that way on, on TripAdvisor. Yeah, and the easiest way to find our guide is just go to Google and type gay, Mas Palomas, too bad tourists, and it'll come up. And I recently updated it. So all of these things and links and everything should be working because holy shit, we have a lot of <laughs> updating to do on all of our gay guides since the yeah, pandemic. Yeah, the pandemic basically ruined all our gay guides. I know. I'm like, half ah, the shit closed. I tried a large list of things we have to fix and edit, but I'm on it. I've updated Mas Palomas, so you'll find <laughs> the information there. So that tour is a seven-hour sailing excursion on the south of Gran Canaria, and it's a really uh, fun uh, thing to do, and I suggest it. Grand Canary is also known for the sand dunes, as we missed, as we mentioned earlier. So I definitely want to um, to to check them out. Austin, what was the you remember like the history of the sand dunes or how they were created? Yeah, so I, I think I could be partially wrong, but I think it goes like this, right? So North Africa is very dry, right? And North Africa gets lots of sandstorms. So I think what happens is basically the wind from Northern Africa blows all the sand to, you know, basically towards the Canary Islands. And that sand basically like settles on the bottom of the ocean and the waves kind of like push it up. And then it creates these, these dunes, which are just all along the coast of, you know, the south, the south of the island. And so the dunes are just, if you've never been to sand dunes, um, which I don't think a lot of people do, it's just cool to check out because they're, they're just, a really interesting sight to see, but where the sort of gay part comes in is like a lot of people go cruising in the sand dunes. I was going to say, yeah, like, but it's also for a cruising area. People are hooking up in those dunes, right? Yeah, and if you and if you happen to go to the, the gay beach, which we'll mention here in a minute, um, you actually have to get there by walking. One of the ways to get there is you have to walk through the sand dunes to get there. Yeah. What, how, how are things over? Where, where are you in this hotel? <laughs> I'm standing right next to the, the like housekeeper's door. Okay. Pick Sorry about that. Uh, so anyway, those dunes stretch from Playa de Mas Palomas to Playa del Inglés. Um, so yeah, exactly. And the the, the, the main gay beach uh, that is there is called uh, number. That's like kiosk number seven. So the beach is another are creative numbered. name in Mas Palomas. Yeah. So the, be- <laughs> the, the the beaches are numbered there, and so just like every other gay beach in the fucking world, like you can't just like drive up and park in front of it like you have to hike to it right so it's like a, yeah, a you, it's probably like a 15 turn the gay beach. it's probably like a 15 or 20 minute walk from either direction you can walk from the lighthouse uh which is kind of on the opposite end or you can kind of cut through the the sand dunes so um have you ever been to the sand dunes austin have you ever hooked up in the sand dunes i have never hooked up in the sand dunes but uh definitely been there uh we took pictures we took pictures there in 2016 <laughs> so you can find them on our instagram or moss pull guy but but yeah basically when you arrive there um there's lots of uh cheap loungers that you can rent so they're only about three euros uh with umbrellas or you can just you know set out your towel or whatever uh sunbathe and it's also a, a nude beach uh optionally nude beach so you can um you know go skinny dip in if you want do you remember when we were there last time though there was a really windy day and we couldn't even sit out there because of the fucking yeah, yeah, it was, yeah because all the sand from the sand dunes was like blowing to the beach so we stayed for about 10 minutes and left so if it's a windy day uh don't go to the beach just stay yeah, at your pool. Def- yeah and it might you know you can't really predict the windy day so it might be worth making sure that wherever you book you've got pool access because um you know, you want to be able to lay out by by the water. So if it's windy, you don't want to really miss out on that. So exactly. I, I recommend a pool. Okay, a couple day trip options. You can climb Roque Nublo, 
that's where we went climbing and got our like really cool um, photo that we use on the main photo of our of our blog, right, Austin? Yeah, like basically all the like uh, featured shots on our, all our social media channels and the header of our blog is is from uh, Mas Palomas. Well, but that particular, but that, photo that particular that, yeah, was that see, broken okay, hike Nublo, did, yeah. Right? yeah it was so just it's a really mild cool hike. It's only like 20 minutes, and you can get some beautiful photos. There's one photo of us that we really like that we use for everything. Another option, um, you can go visit the Bodega uh, Bodega Los Barazales. Um, and that's what we were talking about that's in the Agaete, Aga, that one valley <laughs> where they've got the coffee. Agaete. Uh, A-G-A-E-T. So you can go visit this uh, bodega there and you'll learn about um, how they actually uh, produce the, the coffee and um, and also about the, the wine that they produce. They produce 40,000 bottles of wine per year. So that was a fun uh, little visit that we did as well. Annual events. We can yeah, wrap so let's up just, with that. Yeah, we'll wrap up with a, a few big events. Um, so Mas Palomas is one of the, the places in Spain. I think there's probably like five or six that are really known for celebrating Carnival, um, which falls like, I think, like 40 days before Easter or something like that. Um, and so it's a very uh, uh, over-the-top event. There's like street performances and like parades and things like that. And, and in Mas Palomas, it's huge and gay. And there's just like drag queen performances, which are Yeah, awesome. there's so, select places in Spain where you can celebrate, where they celebrate Carnival. And for example, Madrid is not one of them. We, right. we don't celebrate that every year. But if you go to Cadiz in the south, it's really popular. And then also, for example, Mas Palomas, yeah. um, Barcelona, Sitges, right? I don't know Barcelona. Barcelona, just, no, just, but Sitges. But Sitges, yeah. yes. Yeah, exactly. And of course, I mentioned Mas Palomas does have a winter pride, which is usually in November. And then the, the traditional um, pride is in May. So those are definitely um, events to, to consider planning your trip around. So we hope that you find all of these tips and recommendations useful and learning about the this island and the city itself. Um, again, you can look up all of them, plus all the links and everything on our Mas Palomas Gay Guide on 2 So if you just Google Mas Palomas Gay Guide and 2 Tourists, um, you'll you'll find it on Google easily. So thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you, Brendan, for, for coming in live again. Um, if you like the show, please subscribe to it on Colin and you can give the episode a like with a heart icon once it's published. You can always follow us on, two, on social media. We're always at Two Bad Tourists. And feel free to leave a comment about what you liked about the show and what you want to hear more of. Yeah, definitely. So uh, just a sneak peek for next week's episode. We will be speaking with uh, Rika uh, jean Francois, who is actually, I think she's actually German, um, but she in fact speaks like five languages. And I actually saw her yesterday, so she's here in oh, Orlando. All wait, the way where from, did you see her? <laughs> I saw her at the, the event that I was working at. Um, so we talked about the podcast, and she was excited to, to be joining. Fantastic. Um, yeah, Does she know so, she's on on Tuesday? She knows, yeah, yeah. Okay. So <laughs> basically, since, <laughs> since 2014, she's been working uh, with Messe Berlin. Since 2004. And, Sorry, 2004 uh, with Messe Berlin, um, and she develops ITB's corporate social responsibility. So ITB is basically the world's largest tourism trade fair, uh, and that generally happens in March. Uh, it's, of course, been canceled and virtual for the past uh, couple of years, so this is the first year it's back since 2020. Yeah, and Messe Berlin is, is the place where they hold the... It's it, like the, it, the event, exactly. Right? It's just like one of the largest trade show areas ever. It's, it's uh, humongously large. It takes like an hour to walk from one end to the other. 
Um, so she is uh, ITB's commissioner um, for corporate social responsibility. She's a passionate speaker uh, about sustainable tourism and events internationally. I've known her uh, for years. She's going to be a great uh, uh, guest. And so, yeah, she spearheads ITB's implementation of the LGBT segment. Uh, she was actually a member of the board of directors of IGLTA and now is actually a, um, on the uh, I think she's on the board of the IGLTA Foundation, which is sort of the nonprofit uh, arm of that. So she's uh, very involved and just has a lot of things uh, to say about sustainable tourism, LGBT tourism, and uh, we're really excited to have her on. And she happens to only speak five languages. Only, yeah, only five. So. Only. Yeah, so, so not that many. <laughs> yeah, big deal. Make, me, make me feel bad speaking only <laughs> I'm excited to talk to her. She sounds like a very interesting person and she's going to know a lot about LGBT travel. Yes. So, uh, well, and so that's scheduled for Tuesday, I think, at our normal-ish time, afternoon. I forget exactly, but it's afternoon European time and morning, like, East Coast time in the U.S. So, wait, are we doing that one together? When are you going to be back in Madrid? I should be back, yeah. We'll be doing that one together. When, well, it's Wednesday today. I'm, when are you back? I'm back, on, I'm back on Sunday. On Sunday. Okay. So, hopefully, your flight and everything goes smoothly and that you don't have any problems. Exactly. So until next week, we will speak uh, with everyone again. All right. Thank you for listening. All right. Bye, guys. See you Tuesday. Bye.